Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. We're the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Steve. And we're here for our second COVID episode in a row. Jake and Steve are well, and now I'm sick. I would say I'm still recovering, though. This shit sucks. (laughs) Same. We both got it from, like, three different places, right? We didn't give it to each other. Um, I would assume that Jake is probably my... Yeah, I think I gave it to Steve. Well, Willow gave it to both of us. Yeah. Jake's daughter, yeah. I I did um, the next day faint at a concert, but it was outdoors, and I think that just made me weak and susceptible to the virus. I got it at my in-law's house. We had a nice little family dinner, and then like three of us tested positive. <laughs> Righteous. That's all. Yeah. Well, actually, two more tested positive. Five total. Like two more tested positive. Like a few days later on. Wild times. Be careful out there, guys. Uh, mask up and vax up. Don't go to your family's house. <laughs> Do you think um, shard armor filters your air? That's a great question. I would not assume so, but. Maybe it could if you, you wanted think, it to. You think you'd be less likely to get COVID if you were in full shard plate? I you mean, know, it, I, is, it is like a physical barrier. It's got to be at least as good as one of those plastic face shields. Like, it's probably going to lessen your viral load to a certain extent. Like, if somebody sneezes right in your face, it's going to block some of that droplet action. And I guess the other way, too, you're going to help your fellow alethi by not spreading it to them because if you sneeze inside your shard plate it's probably pretty sealed in yeah i mean i could drop some massive cosmore spoilers right now but i don't know if steve's ready for that (laughs) i was just gonna say i have my own theories about armor (laughs) and they all are definitely not in this first book (laughs) (laughs) let's hear him dude uh we're talking about Way of Kings today, by the way. Uh, this is going to be another Way of Kings episode, so spoiler red alert for all of Way of Kings. We should uh, request a, a word of Brandon about viral protection <laughs> for third plate. Go ahead hit us with those theories now, Steve. I just wanted to get that spoiler warning out first. Oh, so there was something that happens in the first book where, oh, the Knights Radiant, uh, they all get rid of their shard blades mm-hmm. and it made me think that like shard plate and shard blades are something that's like not good or not like holy and like it makes me think that it's maybe like the souls of people or something like that um but i don't know i like the way you're thinking that's all i'm gonna say I like the way you're thinking you're thinking about the right things yeah i mean Reading Mistborn, I think, kind of gives away some of the Cosmere and, and, like, the way things work. You know, shards. You know, shards of what, right? Right. <laughs> shards of Adam something Nelson. bigger. Unobtainium. Are they shards of unobtainium? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, do we want to talk about... We're going to do two chapters today. Do we want to get right into them? Hell Let's yes. All right. So, we're going to do two chapters today. Uh these are chapter 20, Scarlet, and chapter 21, Why Men Lie. I think these are two very important uh, Kaladin chapters. We see a lot of Kaladin's character in these two and a lot of the like previews of the internal struggles that he's going to have, like 
throughout the series. Yeah, and this kind of gives me Randall Thor vibes. Um, I know our listeners listen to Wheel of Time or have read it. So like the the idea of the list or of like letting people die, how could I have let people die? Like that's that's what I get from this chapter. Yeah, that's a good parallel to draw. I think they do have some of those same hangups. You see, when I let people die, I let it, you know, flow over me. Um, <laughs> That's what Learden's going to tell Cal here. Uh, let's talk about it. So chapter 20, Scarlet, this is another Cal in flashback. We're about uh, two months after Wistiao's death here. And this is like a pretty fucked up scene, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what does she fall down a cliff? I can't. I, I was going through the chapter, just kind of skimming before this, and I couldn't find what she actually fell off of. I don't know if it's that important, really, but it seems like it was in town. So I would imagine she like fell off a balcony or yeah. I thought it was like a, a ladder after a balcony or something. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a building compound fracture. Yeah, so she like falls and breaks her leg. And the bone is sticking through the skin and there's blood spurting out because she severed an artery with her shard of broken bone. Pretty gross. Not looking good. Pretty traumatizing. And her dad's standing there, I think, screaming at Cal. Fix it. Yeah, like these these people are all like provincial rednecks that have no idea like what medicine looks like. So they all think that Cal is like torturing her or something. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing to my little girl? Yeah. (laughs) Sucking the life force. trying to save her life. Somebody has to like pull that guy back and be like, that's the surgeon's kid, bro. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty common theme throughout this story with medicine. It's like people are scared of it, but also when push comes to to shove, they know that they need it. We see that with Lyrian over and over again, that people kind of treat him. Like he's an other, like he's different, but he's Dr. Fauci. Yeah, they need him. I always get the vibes from Liren that uh, that meme of Jesus told them the truth and they hated him for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody really likes Liren. He's pretty he's pretty awesome though. I like Liren as a reader. He's kind of a dick to Kaladin. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he's like, this is what you will do, son. I mean, he means the best for him all the time, but he doesn't really like let Kaladin make his own choices very often. I mean, the, the choice he wants to make is pretty dumb. Going to be a soldier is like not a good idea. I mean, we both did it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a <laughs> little bit different. <laughs> yeah, you guys were totally the on the spear line. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I was a plumber in the Air Force. It's like, I think if Cal would have been like, hey, I want to learn how to be a bricklayer, Liren probably would have been a little chiller about it. Then. <laughs> I mean, it is like considered a good profession in Alethkar, though. Like, that's like the number one profession that is like the most respected. Yeah, to most of society, but Liren's right that being a soldier is like not a fun thing to do. Like watching your buddies die and potentially dying yourself sucks. Yeah, he was like, I'm not falling for that. Yeah. Like this is good advice. Like what you might think he's being a jerk, I guess, but it's good advice. I don't know. He just comes off a little bit like you're gonna do what your daddy did and you're gonna like it. I didn't get that, but okay. I mean, I don't think he sounded like that, but that is kind of like the 
stereotypical like you're going to school and you're doing well in school and you and if you come home and I find out that you touched a stick I'm gonna fucking whoop you like <laughs> except instead of whooping him he says I'm incredibly disappointed in you son yeah what a terrible dad <laughs> I don't he doesn't come off as bad on this book but later later on he's worse oh shit confirmed <laughs> he's not dead Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I was just I mean, gonna. Did you think Liren died? No, I was. I was actually just gonna ask if he comes up later in books, and yeah, it's confirmed now. Okay, so uh, yeah, back to this scene here. Cal uh, does his best to save this girl's life, but he thinks he succeeds at first. Actually, so it's even more brutal. Like he, he's like the bleeding stops, and he's like, "Oh man, I got it. I saved her." And he looks up, oh, and she's dead. <laughs> I forgot about that because her heart stopped. Yeah. Whoops. Thanks, Brando. That one hurt. <laughs> that reminded me of that scene. And uh, did you ever read All Quiet on the Western Front where his buddy mm-hmm. gets like wounded and he puts him over his shoulder and carries him like miles by- from the front line to like an aid station? But by the time he gets there, he finds out his friend got like shot in the head while he was carrying him and he's been dead like the whole time. Oh, man. <laughs> I I have read that book. It's been a really long time. I think I probably read that in like eighth grade or something. We had to read it in ninth grade. Okay, that whole book is pretty rough. Yeah, I'm surprised they yeah, really I mean, had us read that. But. It's depressing. Well, it's a good book for kids to read because it's like a realistic look at w- how war is not really that glamorous or glorious. Oh, thing. I I wonder why Cal's dad doesn't want him to go be a spearman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cal's a grown man though. He should be able to do that if he wants to. I mean, he's like 14. That's basically a grown man in medieval society. I guess so. I mean, if you want to talk about like societal norms, it's also like not that big of a deal to, for to expect your kid to do the thing that you do, right? Well, talking about his age too, like this is where it comes up that like they're like, oh, you know, in a couple of years you can leave to be a surgeon and that's why we have this money here that to- mm-hmm. I totally didn't steal. We... <laughs> Yeah, he wants him to go to Carbrant and go to college, basically. And, and <laughs> exactly what Zach was just making fun of people for. Well, I never said that. Like I've said that he means the best, but he's just a dick about it. That's all okay. I was saying. Okay. Talk about my boy Lyrian. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Jake supports Lyrian. Jake's a Lyrian stand here. <laughs> 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 all right. So this is definitely like a core memory experience for Cal here, like doing his best to save this girl and still failing is kind of like something that he'll never get over. I think he deals with this, like I can't save them all thing, like for the rest of his life. I don't think it's too spoiler to say he thinks of this moment specifically for the rest of the series. I mean, this comes up all the time. This is very traumatizing. Uh, Like, so are these, flashbacks him dreaming like are, are we getting these kind of through cal's like thoughts i didn't get that impression that makes me like them less i like really don't like flashbacks as a story device but <laughs> you tell us every time there's a flashback. yeah i mean like it is irritating i mean like we could have just this all could have been one big chapter but i love a good flashback you don't like non-linear storytelling steve i mean if it if it helps you know, but this is just like flashbacks for the sake of like, you need to know this information. It's like, okay, 
I mean, I would have like hated it probably if this book started off with like child cow for like ten chapters in a row. True. Yeah, that'd be pretty lame. That's that's <laughs> that's why I don't understand your hate of flashbacks because I I think they're a pretty useful storytelling device. Like this, the way they sprinkle this in there, it's like a little archaeological dig into Kaladin's personality. You just get. I would have stopped reading this book like five chapters in if they were like all like ten year old Kaladin chapters. I guess I just would prefer it be driven by like actually being a part of the story. Like, you know, Kaladin gets knocked out, so he has a flashback dream. You know, and it would make sense with his like PTSD and stuff like that. But whenever it's just like. Okay, now we're gonna talk about this. It's that I like a lot less. You know what I would read though is Young Dalinar. <laughs> I'd be cool with a book just starting out without any Dalinar flashbacks and just being but him being the Black Lord and killing everybody. That'd probably be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we kind of have that in a book already. In flashback form. So yeah, back back at home. Lyran is trying to comfort Kaladin and he's like, you know, this is like part of being a surgeon. You can't save everybody. I checked your workout. Like, you did a good job. You did everything you were supposed to do. But she was just like a little girl that lost a lot of blood real fast. So sometimes you just can't do anything. Cal refuses to accept Yeah, which is also kind of a strange thing to me for him to not accept something that is like father tells him i guess he doesn't listen to his dad every other time but (laughs) gotta learn when to let go son let it go gohan (laughs) somebody sing the song i can't with my covid voice i don't know what you're talking about frozen Uh, let it go let it go (laughs) (laughs) excellent i know all the words yeah so that's the end of the chapter there the uh that's chapter 20. Let's move on to chapter 21. Okay, so this is chapter 21, Why Men Lie. We're back in the present here, and Kaladin is just waking up. Uh, he's sore. Every muscle and bone his body hurts. He's. Uh, this is right after that big bridge run where he first did his bridge leader routine of not ever lying down between running and Going hard the whole time. So stoic. (laughs) Uh, He thinks about just giving up for a while, but then he remembers his old sergeant throwing him out of bed. And he gets up and he sees that everybody else is kind of just like waiting to see what he's going to do. They're like, oh, is he going to give up? Is it or is he going to like keep going with this routine? Kyle's new can do that can do attitude is almost funny to me. He's just like from this point on, he's like, I got this. What am I going to do? Give up? Okay, I guess to I'll me it's try. It's so depressing. Yeah. It's almost manic. It's just like the only reason he's doing it is, it is yeah. so he doesn't kill himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's why like, how it starts. But he like he genuinely does like start to feel better. Like when these guys start to join in with him and reciprocate it, you know, it's almost like yeah, a for sure. System makes you makes life better. Friends, <laughs> yeah. And and we see that starting a little bit here. Hopper shows some gratitude. He, you know, he's definitely thankful that Kaladin saved him. Yeah, the three uh, wounded guys, uh, Hopper and David, and I can't remember the other guys. Man. They were all still alive at this point. Uh, Hopper's like the only one who's capable of speech, I guess, though. <laughs> yeah. 
The one guy is like he got a pretty support. right, and then the other guy's like it has battle shock. He's pretty, pretty much the rest catatonic, of the book. Yeah, he's catatonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty messed up. Saw too many arrows. So, what Kaladin realizes he needs to get it moving. Right, he needs to get some antiseptic for these guys. Uh, what well, I think he busts out a little morning workout routine. Yeah, he he uh, sticks to his routine, and he's like, maybe somebody will join me, but nobody does. They just all kind of watch him, which is, I guess, is like people are interested in him now. Is progress? <laughs> yeah, people people are curious. Yeah, he's got to go get his his. What's the deal with this guy? What gives him his, his log? Still's kind of like eavesdropping on all the rest of the guys, and she comes over. And she's like, "Yeah, they all think you're crazy, man." Yeah, I just said uh, Sills' character is getting really fun. She she's starting to get a lot more personality, and you, you can almost get this sense that she's becoming more sentient, right? And yeah, I think she even starts to mention to Cal that she's like remembering more stuff, and yeah, she like asks a lot more questions now. She's like, "Cal, what is madness?" and they have this kind of funny exchange where he's like, well, it's when people do things that don't make sense, but like more than normal. And then, <laughs> everybody, and then everybody else kind of like agrees that, that person's crazy. And so it's like, what, they get together and vote on it? <laughs> yes, Syl. I would have just said yes, Syl. <laughs> and then uh, that they talk about like lying a little bit too. She's like, why do people lie? And uh, yeah, I mean, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say it's a hard concept for Kaladin to, you know, define for her because he's basically talking to a child, right? Yeah. And how do you tell a child that it's okay to lie, you know? Because, like, sometimes, you know, you want to lie, make sure that somebody doesn't come in and kill people, you know? You're like, no, nobody's in there that you want to kill. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, definitely when Syl is, like, asking too many questions, too. Yeah, so he's like, everybody lies, but, like, we try not to lie about bad things. <laughs> I like this line here where it, she's like, if everyone lies, then the one who doesn't must be mad. And uh, Kaladin's like, or, or, she's, she's talking about Dalinar. She says Dalinar doesn't lie. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, Dalinar's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaladin's like... He has to be a liar because he's a light eyes. By definition, they're all liars. Well, you <laughs> see here, Sil. Rich people suck. Do you want to read this, Jake or Zach? This is like kind of two quotes that I mashed into one where I have that like ellipses. I kind of like cut out some stuff in the middle. So, Gotcha. Sil, he finally prompted. Were you going to say something? It seems I've heard men talk about times when there were no lies. There are stories, Kaladin said, about the times of the heraldic epics when men were bound by honor. The stories, he continued between puffs, they prove it. What happened to the heralds? They abandoned us. What happened to the Knights Radiant? They fell and became tarnished. What happened to the Epoch Kingdoms? They crashed when the church tried to seize power. You can't trust anyone with power, Still, They fell and became tarnished. Stormlight Elden Ring crossover confirmed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sorry, that was kind of confusing to read. I was like, who, who am I talking as right now? <laughs> Sil. He finally prompted. Whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like a conversation. Uh, it was Kaladin the whole oh, time. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess a lot of the still stuff is just basically saying it's him working out and telling stories. So that's a pretty good look into Calden's worldview, I think, where he just like doesn't trust anybody in power ever. Is this pronounced epoch or epic? I think both are acceptable. Is that right, Steve? Uh, I think so. It's kind of like a tomato tomato situation. (laughs) The fruits, Jake. Don't worry about it. I don't think I've seen that word written before. But anyways, Cal gets his workout on. Him and Sill are talking about some philosophical jazz. And then uh, on his way back to the barracks, our favorite sergeant of arms comes out. We get Gaz trying to bust Cal into the balls about some stuff, right? Yeah. Well, Gaz is just passing down the ball busting from on high, really. True. Yeah. Shit rolls downhill. <laughs> he Bright lost. Lord of Amaril <laughs> is complaining, right? That Well, he doesn't want to pay wages and food for people who are wounded and not doing any work is basically what his issue is. He hates that Kaladin brought back the wounded. It's kind of a big controversial deal. Yeah, because if they would have just died, it'd be cheaper for him. So he makes this complaint to Sadius, and uh, Sadius, he wants to have Kaladin, or sorry, Lamoral wants to have Kaladin hung out during a high storm over this. But Sadius decides to go an even crueler route where he's going to say that, like, no, keep everybody alive, but don't feed or pay the wounded guys. Just let them starve to death slowly, and nobody will ever want to do this again. Perfect. Sadius (laughs) is dirty, huh? What a twisted mind to think of that solution. He could be a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) He could totally redeem himself. So, yeah, Calden is kind of just mounting problem on problem for himself here. Now he not only needs to get antiseptic for these guys that he can't afford, but he's got to find a way to feed them too because he can't just share his food with them or else they'll, they won't have enough food to recover and he'll be too weak to do bridge runs. So like he's got to get extra food from somewhere. Yeah, and he basically pitches communism to the bridge crew, right? <laughs> Let's not <laughs> pull our resources for the betterment. And they uh, react basically how you would expect a bunch of red-blooded American or sorry, Alethi guys to react. <laughs> yeah, they're not about it. Uh, and he even asked Mo Ash. Um, well, here, you want me to do this reading again? So he, he basically asked them to all chip in, and they all say no. And Cal says to Mo Ash... Uh, who's one of the louder people opposing it. He says, what will you do if you're the one that needs healing? I'll die, Moash said, not even bothering to look back. Out on the field, quickly, rather than back here over a week's time. So he's, Moash is pretty resigned to not helping anybody and not wanting help himself. And that's kind of just the mentality of these bridgemen is there's, they just don't have any hope left. Except for one guy. Yeah, they're just waiting to die. Right, except for one guy, our boy. Nuhuku Makiaki Ayaluminor is uh, willing to share a little bit of food with our boy here. <laughs> but only with Hopper, right? Because he thinks <laughs> Hopper will make it. Yeah, he's like the guy that has PTSD. Like He seems like a coward or something. And that other guy is too grievously wounded to pull through probably. But I'll share, I'll share food with the guy who just got shot in the leg. <laughs> This becomes one of my favorite characters in the whole series, probably, is 
uh, he's affectionately referred to as Rock. Zach did a great job pronouncing his given name. I practiced that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds pretty practiced. It was good, though. And yeah, I, I think this is a great character introduction. Uh, you know, we, we did get Rock earlier. He was one of the people to help bring back some of these wounds because he said, uh, Ersic Lowlander. That's such a fun line. You can tell that we've listened to the audiobooks like proper Alethi men when we do these uh, rock impressions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think we get a little backstory here that they kind of explain a little what a horn eater is. And we become privy that rock can see Sill, unlike just about everybody else. So these, yeah. uh, these horn eaters have some mystical attributes, I guess is a way to put it. Yeah, pay attention to when they talk about horn eaters because they have a lot of hints about how stuff works in the horn eater culture. It almost seems like it's a religious courtesy for Syl to show herself to rock. Yeah, he looks on her as kind of like a minor goddess, I think is how we should interpret it. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't catch this the first time. Like I thought the horn eaters were just kind of a different kind of culture and there was a little bit of racism involved that made, you know, the Alethi think of them as different, but they actually are like a weird subset of humanity. Like they are a little different than, and, and so are the, what's the other. There, there's a couple different, uh, I guess you would say races kind of. Like yeah. The, that's I consider them like different the Salins have those weird eyebrows that like go the whole ways behind their ears and stuff and there's the the people that have like the rock crystalline fingernails yeah I can't remember those guys but pretty much every country has some kind of weird characteristic yeah that isn't typical of normal humans but they are all technically human I guess like I don't think they're a different species they just have weird alien characteristics yeah I think you're right and so he realizes what he can do to make the other bridges not hate him so much, but also save these guys because they don't have any money. They're they're broke. I think he's bribed away all of his money. Yeah, this is an interesting thing that all the other bridge crews are pissed off because bridge four suddenly has the lowest casualty rate. And they're used to like being able to look down on bridge four, like at least a lot of bridge four, like shit sucks for me, but. I could be in bridge four. <laughs> now they can't say that anymore and they're kind of miffed about it. I think that's a hilarious mirror to shine at society that no matter how low people are, they love to think that somebody is at least lower than them. Yeah. Knobweed time. So yeah, yeah. knobweed time. Uh, Kyle realizes that he can collect this knobweed on stone gathering duty. Um, the army needs these rocks to turn into, to have soul casters turn them into food and things like that. So they send these bridgemen out to gather rocks. And with Sill's help, they can gather a bunch of this knobweed and create an antiseptic from it that they can use to help their wounded soldiers and to sell and make a little extra money. Yeah, but the problem is they only have two guys and they need at least one more person who's in on the scheme. Here comes Teft. <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes, I think, in this book. I like Teft a lot. I like yeah, Teft. I like Teft. Do you want? Like, did you do a reading yet, Steve? Do you want to do this? 
I, sure. I'm going to try to avoid doing readings because I'm still fucked up a little bit <clears throat> from COVID. All right. So this is Caledon. Caledon talking to Teft. Yeah. Teft, we're all broken in one way or another. Otherwise, we wouldn't be Bridgman. I've failed. My own brother died because of me. So why keep caring? See, either that or give up and die. And if death is better? It came back to this problem. This was why the Bridgman didn't care if he helped the wounded or not. Death isn't better, Kaladin said, looking Teft in the eyes. Oh, it's easy to say that now. But when you stand on the bridge and look down into the dark, endless pit, you change your mind. Just like Hauber did. Just like I've done. He hesitated, seeing something in the older man's eyes. I think you've seen it too. Aye, Tef said softly. Aye, I have. So are you with us in this thing? Rock said, squatting down. Us, Kaladin thought, smiling faintly. I like this rock quote, rock quote here too. Our bridge leader has planned something glorious and daring. Has something to do with spending our afternoon moving stones into heat. <laughs> <laughs> he, always, he always like makes things light. Yeah. Like I, I feel like he can make the the heaviest things light. Yeah. Which is makes sense. That's like what Rock is, right? He's like a huge strong guy. Right. He's definitely got like Islander vibes or something. I guess maybe that's the voice the narrator does makes me think that. But. Well, his name is like supposed to sound like Hawaiian, I think, too. So like the right the whole like horn eater language, I think, is based on like the native Hawaiian language. And they're kind of secluded like island people. They're just on top of mountains, right? Yeah, mountains are basically islands. Islands are just mountains that are underwater poking up a little bit, you know? That's true. That's true. That is 100% true. <laughs> All right, and that's the end of that chapter. Yeah, and that's the end of our episode for today as well. Uh, any overall thoughts on these two chapters, or should we close it out here? I I love seeing the crew come together. I, lo- I love a good... Uh, yeah, the, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of annoyed by Kaladin for a while, and this is where I stopped being as annoyed with Kaladin. Yeah. I remember you guys were kind of like, I don't understand how you hate Kaladin and you like Shalon. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm pretty irritated because Shalon isn't in part two of this book. Nah. She has some more coming up in, uh, in the last part, part three. Though, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, there's uh, five parts in this book. We got a ways to go, guys. We're going to be here all year probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big book. We need to start a Patreon. We might not finish this before we have to start doing uh, TV shows this summer and fall, but <laughs> we will finish it eventually. So stick with us, guys. <laughs> Someday we'll finish our Matt character. But yeah, we've been working on that. That's coming. Uh, we'll probably have that coming out pretty soon. Cool. Those are just a lot of writing for those uh, character arc episodes. Yeah, we, we try to do a lot of research on those ones more than like this is where we're just kind of like shooting the shit about it a little bit. We we definitely try to give you all the good Matt details. And we have Nynaeve coming up after Matt by special request. So look out for that one in yeah, the far future. <laughs> I wonder, you think that'll be a little shorter? She's No, she's a pretty prevalent character too. I guess Matt probably gets a little more page time than her, but not a ton. Yeah, she's going to be just as long, probably. Maybe like 80% as long. 
Bowl of wins. Man, I hated that for so long until I loved it. It was like a real switch flip. <laughs> it was never really an issue for me, but I also didn't have to wait for these books to come out. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up here then. We're not talking about Way of Kings anymore. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> We're the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Zach. I'm Dave. And I'm Steve. Follow us on Twitter. That's at Three Rivers Boys. Three spelled out. Love you. Bye. Read more books. <laughs>